0: Hi guys, I'm Danny. And I'm Molly. And this is Black Chick Lit coming at you with a new sort of revamped chat. I'm excited.
1: I am also excited. <laughs> so how have you been, Molly? I've been good. Yeah, just hanging in there. Yeah, so is summer have summer been really
0: bad in Southern California have the temperature's you been. Know,
1: it hasn't been that hot. <laughs> So we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It was so hot here. They were going to cancel
0: classes the first week, first week of school for kids. (laughs) It's like, it's been 90. And then the one day we make plans to go to the water park, it dropped Uh to 70. (laughs) We're like, what the I was like, thanks. Um, I'm going to try and get through this recording. I told Molly beforehand, I went to a party last night in my friend's backyard. And despite the cutter, and the, uh, what do you call those? The, the candles. The bugs were out. Oh, the centronella? Yes. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah. The bugs were out. I was <sighs> a feast. We were all just a buffet for the insects in that backyard. See, that's why I don't go outside. I try to avoid it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but she did. She had this little setup. And it was very nice. It was very cute. The bugs were, and there was a possum. The bugs and the possum could have just stayed away.
1: So, but we're going to make it through. We do have a, a dove mama and a dove papa mm. um, that have made a nest right outside of our window. And my husband, every day I would get up, I'd see the dove papa like rooting around for like straw and stuff. <laughs> and then every day my husband would go and pull the nest down. <gasps> and so he said that um, uh, he wasn't fast enough the other day and he said he looked and there were eggs in there. And he was like, I don't want to pull it down if there are eggs in there. I like so that. now whenever <laughs> whenever we walk out, we see the mama dove sitting on there. And like yesterday, there was like this hawk. Oh. Like yeah. sitting on the wire, like staring. They were staring each other down. And I was like, this is getting intense.
0: Y'all got a whole like nature, nature movie happening outside like just- your front door. <laughs> yeah. I like that they were like, we're just going to get up earlier than this mm-hmm. and lay the eggs. And then what's he going to do? What's he gonna do? That's funny. I believe that was also a community subplot in one episode.
1: Oh really you know I forgot it most of community
0: I forget about it until someone says something and then I remember how much I loved that show.
1: It was good.
0: I never finished it though I did I eventually like because it was all, it's all on Hulu now so they've got mm. all the seasons so I was like well let me finish that last season. It's okay it's not it's not the worst. Because I like had some seasons that were really wacky, but it's, um, it's not as good as like those first couple of seasons. That's mm. when that episode took place. Basically, Wi-Fi goes down on the whole campus, and people mm. are pissed because, of course, <laughs> we are. And then they discover that a mama has a nest with eggs in there. And they're like, well, uh. we, we can't move the babies. So, <laughs> yeah. We got way off topic. We did. <laughs> so let's talk about some news. We had some big news. This broke like almost like two days after we recorded. Mm -hmm. It was like, this happened. It was like, well, now we look kind of tacky because we're posting this episode where we don't talk about it at all. But as you all probably know, Toni Morrison passed away. So Toni Morrison passed away August 5th. I was off. She passed away the Monday, right when we posted. Oh. So, and we had just recorded. So there were a lot of, I didn't believe it at first because I only saw one tweet and then I went to Google it and I guess because it was so recent, not everyone had the news and then it sort of slowly trickled in. So... It's really sad because, like, as someone else on Twitter put it, I wish I knew the account. They're like, like, no one else can write now. I think it was Morgan <laughs> Morgan Parker who was like, it's sad how, like, there are no decent writers left anymore. Like, the last <laughs> good writer. So, Roxane Gay did a piece called The leg- on a, the Legacy of Toni Morrison for The New York Times that I thought was really good. Oh, I'll have to read. Th- no, I,
1: I, I probably won't because are you? <laughs> I don't have, I'm not paying for a New York Times subscription.
0: I get my free articles. <laughs> so I wanted to read just one sentence from the piece go ahead it said everything I am and ever will be as a black woman who writes begins with the work of Toni Morrison my words have been shaped by all of her work but especially The Blue Asai, The Song of Solomon Sula and most especially Beloved another sentence just jumping there it's like when I read each of Ms. Morrison's novels for the first time I saw far more than a reflection of what it means to live in a black woman's body I saw majesty and infinite possibility so I just really liked that line because I think that is what is so central to Toni Morrison's work. We read Beloved, mm-hmm. and I think she did such a good job at showing, at balancing, you know, sort of the tragedy of the stories without it making it feel like some kind of, you know, trauma porn, mm-hmm. still having it be some kind of hopeful. And this, we both said, I think, that episode, that the way it was written was just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that was our book shame episode,
1: because we had both... <laughs> that was the book shame episode, because we hadn't read it.
0: Yeah. So, and now I'm, I'm, you know, is that our shame or is that our school's shame?
1: probably both yeah
0: because how did you get us through high school i did ap english i did all the english classes yeah so that's what i did and i never read beloved right
1: i also I don't never think we read, read any tony, tony morrison in school
0: really yeah i'm trying to think who did we did we read anybody black i mean we read um things fall
1: apart we've read their eyes are watching god i didn't even read that one but i think that was it like that my school had me read
0: yeah um roll a thunder hear my cry which we'll get to. Which we'll get to. <laughs> yeah. My high school did offer, like, an African-American history, like, African-American English, like, lit comp class you could have taken. Mm-hmm. And I didn't take that one because um I didn't have my sc- – it didn't fit in my schedule because it was a year. Most of the classes mm-hmm. were, were a semester. A semester. Yeah. And if you wanted to take AP English, you had to take a certain set of courses in order. So
1: it's a shame. I should have made room for it. Mm. Man, regret. My, my school didn't even offer it,
0: so oh. – so, yeah, so, I don't know, I just, I've one of my goals has been to read more Toni Morrison. I think I'm going to buckle down and do it, because I did do Beloved. I've been reading to read Jazz. Mm. I want to read so- Song of Solomon, so. I feel like everything's sort of been said at this point. There's nothing we could say, really, that I would know.
1: be. I know, I know, yeah. yeah there would be more Just poignant. the timing of it, yeah. yeah, than what's been said. But it is sad, but I think that, you know, just to have this author alive during our lifetime it was just a privilege.
0: Yes. See, that was a good way to put it, Molly. Bringing us, us there. So we'll share the article in the, in the show notes in case you haven't seen it, the one by Roxane Gay. Um, mm-hmm. I can probably find some other ones. There have been so many pieces. And mm-hmm. I think they've all been so well done. So I'll just probably do a link of collection with some of my favorites. So um, I also like the photo people were sharing of her and Angela. Um, oh, my gosh. Davis. I am losing it. I can't remember anybody's <laughs> names, and like they both have like just these big froes, and I'm like, it's so 70s. I loved it. I should, that I would be it. that would be a fun picture to have hanging on a wall. <laughs> Black girl magic right there. Um, so we're gonna shift gears mm-hmm. from remembering Toni Morrison, and talk about you know some of the other shadiness New York Times has done. They recently had their city editor Jonathan Wiseman. They demoted him following some. Really bad takes Mm -hmm. on race um, on some Democratic uh, elections in the Midwest. And his, uh, let's see, I said entitlement. Molly said harassment. I think it's probably both of Roxanne Gay herself (laughs) on Twitter. So let's do, I guess, a little bit of the background.
1: Did we talk about this last week or two weeks ago?
0: This whole thing? I don't think so. Because I I didn't know what was happening at first. We might have talked about it
1: like off- Mike, we did chat a, about it. We okay, chatted about okay. it because
0: I saw the tweets. Cause sh- uh, so let's get into it. Because Roxanne Gay shared it on Twitter. So Jonathan Weisman shared some kind of bad takes on Twitter. He said things like, "There was a um an, a nom- not a nominee, but there was a candidate for a seat in Ohio."
1: Yeah, he said he said that they are. So basically, there was um. Uh, and incumbent. I can't remember which party everyone was. I think it's Democrat. Democrat. She was a black woman, and he said that they're they're uh, the Democrats are running this woman against like this black woman, mm-hmm. and so it was kind of shady how he was saying it because he never like came straight out and said what he was implying, but the implication was kind of like oh, they're really going to run this white woman against this black woman. Um, That's a good look. And so the other candidate came in and she said, I am also Also. black. (laughs) And his response was, um, I've seen your picture. Or they sent a picture. So it was like, it was, it was shady. And it was, I guess, in kind of keeping with some of the comments that he's made in the past, especially about some of these, like, freshman senators where he's like, oh, really, they're going to try to, you know, appeal to blue-collar people by running, like, a Muslim or something like that. And it's kind of like, it seems like it's in touch with him to kind of make these comments without actually making them. Yeah. But at the same time, you're kind of like... I, I see what you're doing there, my guy. Like,
0: Yeah. He, this ain't it. He apparently implied that um, Democratic reps Rashida Tlaib and Ilan Omar were not from the Midwest, or not truly yeah. from the Midwest. And then he said that John Lewis was not from the South. It's like,
1: what are you doing, my guy?
0: <laughs> like, stop. So then, to culminate, this is what we talked about. So Roxanne Gay mocked those tweets as she should have, as many people were doing. Mm-hmm. And he followed up by sending her, her assistant, and her, and her publisher saying that she annoyed him a quote unquote enormous apology.
1: Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. like she was like, My daughter loved your book. I'm a big f- she's, you know, we're I'm a, a big I'm fan. a big fan of yours. But I really feel like you stepped out of line and um, if she, if Roxanne like would just pick up the phone and talk to me, I'm sure she'd see that she owes, or I was, I'm sure she'd agree that she owes me an enormous apology. It
0: was just, and Roxanne Gay posted the actual email, so you can go read them. <laughs> because, and all of their course glory. she did. Yes. <laughs> so in light of this, the New York Times apparently uh, had a come to Jesus moment with this man, and he was demoted. Yes. So I don't know what he was deputy editor. I don't know what his new title is. Um, they just say he's been demoted. They don't say what he's going to be doing. Oof. Yeah. it was a bad look. This is also sort of, I mean, the New York Times has been walling out lately. I think we all know about the headline incident mm-hmm. where they said, following the El Paso shootings, where they said that Trump urged unity. Mm-hmm. And I was getting mad because there are all these like white dudes, let's say, on Twitter talking about like, how hard it is to write a headline and it was just a human error and blah 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 and that's bullshit because i've written headlines on deadline there's a difference between the type of error you make under that kind of pressure where maybe you misspell something you mm-hmm. do a typo or maybe it's just kind of vague and doesn't really say anything like there's a big difference between that and like completely misrepresenting somebody's statements mm-hmm. because you didn't you clearly lack an understanding of what's going on
1: I think my favorite hot take was um, the guy who was like, "This is 1984 um, come to life," and it's kind of like um, he, I read that book, and I don't remember it being about like the press caving to popular and being responsive to the public. Like I think it was actually the exact opposite of what would have happened in 1984. So it's just like I. <laughs> it's it's bad takes all around on that one and like they're forgetting who they work
0: for like the press as I was taught it is supposed to work for the public and like Mm -hmm. yes they're not supposed to shape you're not supposed to shape your coverage they're not supposed to like yeah they don't have a say you know what I mean because like if there's a shitty popular take at like aka you know the whole thing on guns they're not supposed to shape Mm -hmm. it but you are supposed to listen and hear what the community is saying. That's the whole point. And so if you've got people saying your coverage is consistently out of touch, which it has been, they're always doing these thank pieces with the, you know, the, the economically anxious in Trump town, Mm -hmm. they're always doing these, these glowing neo-Nazi profiles and they continually get called out for it. And they're like, they're never, and then they're like, well, we're not going to let like that's what you're supposed to do. That's what the public's for. You're there. You're supposed to share the news. You're right. supposed to share Not these. Not be
1: kind of an uh, apologist for bad policy.
0: And I think with the New York Times, especially because they have been, you know, the quote unquote the New York Times for so long, I think they're up their own ass at this point. <laughs> yeah, like they had a reputation that they earned because they were good journalists and because they were doing the news. I think it was especially with was the Washington... No, that was the Washington Post. Never mind. I was going to say with the um. With, like, um, Watergate and things.
1: Oh, yeah, that was the Washington
0: Post. That was the Post. Washington Post. But, like, they probably built this reputation because they did. They were getting that feedback and listening to the news and doing fair, bias journalism. And I think they've had that for so long, they've started to believe their own bullshit, and they think they're infallible. It's like, well, we're the New mm. York Times. That's what we do. And it's like, no. Like, you're... They've been... I mean, cancel New York Times was a trending hashtag for a while, and I think yeah, I was. think do it. Don't subscribe to The New York Times. There are so <laughs> many other papers and so many other journalistic outlets doing so much better. I think a drop in subscriptions and a drop in revenue is probably the slap in the face they need to get it together.
1: Mm. Well, it's like what's his name Jesus <laughs> uh, from the Bodega boys say so, uh. Got to hear both sides, Danielle. Oh, I have very strong
0: newspaper <laughs> opinions. I could talk all day.
1: <laughs> Every time someone's like, I just
0: think of that Spongebob meme. It's so hard to write a headline. Yeah, that's why That's why you have fifty. Oh, I'm getting that all over again. 15 set of eyes saw that front page, Molly, and no one mm-hmm. had a problem with it.
1: I, you know what? I bet people did, but I bet it was more like that. Got to hear both sides. Got to paint oh, this in a God. objective light when it's like. I feel like reporting on the facts is not taking opinion. It's like if you are scared because it's like, oh, this is going to be, um, this is going to be controversial. People are going to get upset. It's like if people are upset by the facts, that's not your. It doesn't become your duty not to report the facts.
0: Right. They could have just said, you know, Trump speaks following following Texas. They shooting. could have
1: just said that. It could have been just to the point,
0: like they drew this inference from shit that wasn't even there. And it's like, that's not any more correct. I'm, I'm all over the place. Okay, let's stop. But yeah, <laughs> so don't believe anyone who, who goes on and on about how hard it is to write headlines. It is hard, but that, you that's a major mess up. You have to like actively not understand what's happening. <sighs> but yeah, so I do, I do always love seeing Roxanne Gay go for someone though. <laughs> I don't know why people keep testing her because she... As, like, you know, sort of as introverted as she seems in person and in personality, she apparently does not mind hanging fools I out mean, to drive on
1: Twitter. That's, like, 95% of her Twitter. <laughs> it's so great. So, you
0: know, get she's someone who can do both. She can write stirring memorials to Toni Morrison and, <laughs> and get <laughs> fools fired. So, um, we had one final piece of news, which isn't actually news. <laughs> um... I went, so this weekend was Bookstore Romance Day, Molly. Did you know that? I knew from your tweet.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, as part of it, so if Casey didn't know, indie bookstores are not the most romance friendly places to go to. I've gone to like my local one and asked them, and they sort of do that whole, oh, well, we don't carry those types of books. So, to change that, there's been this movement, um, and it was Bookstore Romance Day, where indie bookstores would sort of celebrate romance and do titles and do events and blah, blah, blah. So, I went to the event at my local bookstore. And it was okay. Mm-hmm. I gave them a C+. <laughs> they made a very earnest effort to include romance titles. They also got confused and included a not, a, not
1: very not yeah, romance title. <laughs> saga? They put Saga they as a romance.
0: Yeah, so they had a new romance section that they added, which I'm like, that's great. And then they had a table display. And on the table display, they had, like, Saga, front and which center. Which is neither
1: new nor a romance.
0: Well, I think...
1: You're right now that you say it like that. Well, there's
0: were there other titles that weren't new? I can't even remember anymore. But that it's definitely not romance, especially if you've read the
1: latest issue. Mm-hmm. That violates- Which we spoiled in one. We're, we won't say it here. Yeah, but... we won't
0: say it here. We spoiled it here. But it very much violates one of the central tenets of what makes a category romance. Yeah. So that was strange. Also, it looks just very space sci-fi-y. Like, if I saw that- I would in no way think, oh, that's a romance title. It's like there's two aliens on the cover.
1: I don't know. And secondly, well, I mean, Daniel, though, you're one to talk about. I aliens mean, on the cover but you look romance at those covers I'm, I'm just covers. saying danielle miss uh, blue but you, alien but you romance. look at those covers and mm-hmm. you
0: know exactly what you're getting they are
1: not <laughs> hiding it you saw the worst one
0: i believe you sent it to me in a chat like you if you saw that cover you're like yeah i know exactly what's going to happen in this book they it's are like these ro- aliens not hiding. are fucking exactly right exactly they are not hiding it Um, They also didn't have any mass market paperback. And then Uh in an experiment, I went to the fantasy um, horror mystery section Uh and they didn't have any mass market paperbacks there either. So I'm just like, Uh do bookstores, do any bookstores not like mass market paperbacks? Is this a thing? Because I don't know enough about publishing or book selling to get it. It was just weird. So, like, all the titles that I really like and all the big authors that I really wanted to read, they didn't have. They had Jasmine Guillory. They had Alicia Rye. They had, um, they had another one that I heard about, Unbreak Me, which is a bit controversial because it's mm. kind of some bad representation. Mm. But they had the
1: big, the big trade paperbacks. Those
0: mm-hmm. are the ones they had.
1: And So I just thought it was weird. Yeah, I mean, it's like you say, romance sells, right? Like, yeah, they can't the keep songs. these damn uh, subscription services can't keep romance because y'all go through them so quickly. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Is I, I don't own a bookstore, so I can't say the mechanics of it. But it's kind of like I would have in my shop what sells right. instead of, you know, what I if I didn't, you know, I'm not saying like everybody has to read romance because it's just not going to be somebody's, everybody's thing. But if I'm, I'm, if I have a bookstore, I'm trying to sell books. I'm not trying to have like a big ass library just to the books that I like. <laughs> exactly.
0: And I, like, if you've got mystery and fantasy and horror, you're obviously open to, to genre, to genre so... fiction. And I get If you don't want like erotica, I mean, I, no one's saying you even have to do that, but like, it's just weird. Yeah. They had crazy rich Asians mixed in with the romance, which I would not consider romance, but it's just, I don't know what I would consider it. It's more like a lifestyle. Like the romance is backseat in that story. It's just about, like, look at all these rich people and their family Yeah. Their family I read dynamics.
1: Because the rich part, I was like, I don't want to be reading about rich people right now my broke ass
0: yeah i read it because of the rich part it was wild in the first like what's it called the opposite of an epilogue prologue Mm -hmm. in the prologue of the very first book the family goes to this hotel and they get racially profiled like the white british guy he like pretends that they have no vacancies and he's like well i can't let these people in Mm -hmm. and they leave and come back and her husband's bought the whole hotel and she fires him and i'm like that that was great i loved it like she's like it was just, it was just, it's fun, like kind of fantasy fluffy stuff to read. So mm, I was able, it. it's not romance though. So <laughs> I just thought, yeah, so no, I'm going to keep researching. I just want to know what the, what the mass market paperback thing is. Cause I want, I did check to see if this was just a romance thing. They didn't have it in fantasy either. I know Stephen King has all those mass market paperbacks. Yeah. And
1: I mean, it's like you go to used bookstores and the grocery store and it's like, there's hundreds of them yeah so I don't know maybe it's like seen as less than or trashy or something but
0: I think that's what it is
1: I think I feel like novels have always been seen as kind of like trashy like we were just somewhere the other day I swear and like somebody was talking behind me and they were like I don't read fiction because there's really nothing to get out of it and well, it's like, okay. are you like a 19th century? Like, <laughs>
0: Oh, did you see the piece I just tweeted? Uh, I don't think so. Um, It was from Affinity, because I was doing research for our chat today, and uh-huh. it's from affinity.com. And the headline is, why I think there's no point in reading unless you're reading the classics. And oh. she <laughs> <laughs> she makes this argument that you're really wasting your time reading anything that's not, you know, I guess old white Dickens. guy classic, even though when they were written at the time,
1: like people Dickens, hated them. They were like, this is trash. Exactly. This Dick- is a waste of time. They were serials. Like, yeah. And it's just, it's just kind of funny. It's just, like It when- was like the, this is us of entertainment <laughs> and people were like, look at this garbage. Like Jane Austen, they said the same thing, like. It's just so funny. It's like, she has,
0: like, she says, I'm not saying that newer books are completely intolerable. There are some quite nice ones, like The Perks of Being a Wallflower or The Help. And that's when I stopped. <laughs> so
1: it's like, The Help. I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> it's just, yeah. The, so I don't the know. The Help.
0: Huh? The Help. Book snobbery, <laughs> mm. I'm just kind of. Why? I, I always thought point? I point. I always thought I was a little bit of a book snob because I have genres I don't like, but I would never mm-hmm.
1: say no one should read them. Right.
0: And I guess that's maybe the difference, not to pat myself on the back.
1: I'm going to anyway. <laughs> it's just like, I, I just, some of these hot takes. <laughs> Are should actually just, just lukewarm. They need to go just back. lukewarm. Just need, need to, go to go back in the oven. In the oven. <laughs> <laughs> just need to stay at home with these hot takes because they don't, we don't need them. It's just there ain't so no funny. point.
0: So, so yeah. So I guess. No Good try for Bookstore Romance Day. They're trying to open up the industry. I just, I don't get it. That's why all these romance-only bookstores are opening up. They're like, I guess we'll just, it's weird. So stop being book snobs,
1: people. Stop being book snobs. <laughs> you know, get that money. I don't understand. There's money on the table. Like I saw something today. It was like this girl said uh, Um, she read, maybe you saw this tweet, and it was like an author, and she said that she was speaking to a reader, and the reader said that she read 70 books per year. And she said that uh, she forgets a book in 10 seconds. <laughs> 10, 10 seconds after she read it and people were talking about that. And it's like they were going back and forth like, is this good? Is this bad? And I'm like putting that to, to the side. I'm like, how can I sell this person 70 books a year? Exactly.
0: That's what you want to be on. Right. So, well, because I see all these threads and it's all these indie bookstores and they're like, or they're like indie bookstore sellers. are like, you need to shop at your indie bookstore, or support your indie book seller, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's great. But like but if I they shop don't have- at right. I shop at Amazon because Amazon One will have it, and two won't give me like those little elitist looks when I come and ask about it. So right. you can sit here and say all that, but if you're not selling the product, people that can't buy it.
1: That's true. So I don't know, it's weird. Okay, do we want to move on to our topic of the week?:
0: Yes. so as we sort of said in our last episode, rather than asking you all a question this go around, we decided to sort of talk about a topic. A little bit more in depth that, you know, relates to black folks, black women reading, things like that. So mm-hmm. this, for the first off, we dis- we sort of decided to um, talk about black booktubers because right when we made this decision, HuffPost released this really nice piece called Where Are All the Black Booktubers? And it sort of mm-hmm. examines booktube and the racial dynamics on there so before we begin molly i sort of know the answer but just so everyone's clear do you watch a lot of booktube have you seen are you a big booktube viewer
1: i'm not and um that's because i don't trust youtube (laughs) why don't you trust youtube this might be news i don't know if i've heard this one because is this Zuckerberg related no kind of okay (laughs) (laughs) just my general feelings toward people trying to sell me stuff you know. yes. <laughs> um, and I think like one time we we were talking about book bookstagram. Yeah. Um, and someone said like uh we were talking about why we don't do it or why we haven't really gotten into it. And I think we were like, you know, being our jokey joke self saying like we can't take a good picture or something. Or I think he said like you read most of your books on Kindle. So yeah. it's hard to have that kind of aesthetic of yeah. having a lot of books behind you and you know that kind of image when that you don't feel have like, it mm-hmm. when you don't have it and somebody said something like you could take an art artistic picture of your kindle and like some flowers or something <laughs> no and i really wanted to respond like no i can't do that i don't i do not have the skills to do this and right. i don't i don't i just haven't really gotten into it as much so I'm gonna I, I, yeah, so no, yeah. I haven't really engaged with it.
0: This is off topic, but I do want to I'm gonna dovetail it. I'm gonna put on my social media hat and say Inst- Instagram period takes a lot of work that I don't think people realize. Thank you for trying to sharpen that. Yes. <laughs> that because I will tell you this because I work I work in an office where we sort of I used to do it even more so at my other job. I work in an office where we help departments and people and faculty like manage their social media profiles. And every time Mm -hmm. I turn around, someone wants to start an Instagram, and you have to sit there and you have to talk with them. I'm like, okay, you want an Instagram? What kind of visuals are you going to show? You're Mm -hmm. like an English department. Like you're just going to do a bunch of books every week. What are you going to do that's going to make it engaging? That make people want to see it? Mm -hmm. How are you going to plan these out? Who's taking the photos? Who's posting the photos? Who's writing the captions? Who's going to interact with the question? Like, there's a lot of work into running Mm -hmm. social media accounts that I don't think people... They think it's like running their personal one Mm -hmm. where you can sort of check in when you want and do things. And like, listen, I am not as proven by our current Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not saying I'm a pro at it, but I do acknowledge it's a lot of work because you've got to really be on there to keep up the engagement and Mm -hmm. keep posting and blah, blah, blah. So, and I think tied that into Booktube... It's even more so because you're doing video and you're doing editing Mm -hmm, and you've mm got to like film and shoot it, which is, I mean, just the amount between taking one, taking a couple photos on a still set, even if you like set the scene and get the lights and right, triple, quadruple that for video. Right.
1: Yeah. Then you got to have the personality people gotta want to look at you exactly <laughs> and it's like I that is so much work it, it really is that's why like I would like
0: I like the idea of having a booktube channel but I know mm-hmm. me I you see I know how I am with editing the podcast sometimes, <laughs> sometimes. like I get busy and it's like I don't want to start a channel have two videos and then just have it die and then hang over my head every day like oh I should be doing something so right. I can see zoom a lot of booktube videos i do not i would like to make booktube but i i just don't i think i'll stick with podcasting (laughs) um i will say this as someone who has watched a lot of booktube you can the demographics are very much like it's very white it's very young most of the big booktubers are in like their mid early to mid 20s okay if even that they might be like some of them are late teens i think and it's very YA. Mm. So, so, I mean, it's not saying there isn't room for other types of booktubers, but those seem to be the ones that get promoted. Mm. And I think the question is are these the ones that people want, or are these the ones that people that YouTube keeps pushing? So it's sort of like this big feedback loop. Mm. It, it recommends this booktuber people engage with it because that's what's being recommended. So then when they post another video, that one, and it just feeds in on itself. I think it can be really hard to break in when you're a new person. I could see that. Yeah.
1: I, I can maybe book two So I'm very new to watching YouTube as like <laughs> entertainment. Oh, and really? I tend, that's what yeah. I do. <laughs> and I tend to watch like, if I'm going to watch them, I usually watch like, Things that went wrong in a video game. Oh, that's an interesting. So how does that work? Is it like playthroughs where people like... No, not playthroughs because I'm kind of like, I'd rather be playing it. It's like, (laughs) oh, like uh, uh, they were going to release this, but then it looks so bad. So they did it. And I don't know why that became the genre that I watch. It's that. And then, so I was like, okay, with the baby and trying to build a registry and see what we need. I was kind of like, okay... Um, let me look around because there's not, again, I don't want to always be going to like Target and say, Target, what do I need for my baby? Cause they're going to say every fucking thing. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> I'm like, you well, need all me, this shit. You
1: need all these, you need thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And luckily for you, we're here to provide we have it. it with a click of the button. <laughs> so I went on YouTube and I started looking at like some mommy blogs And I did notice, like, the same kind of similar thing to you, like, the people that come up first, the people that you get shown over and over again are these young white women. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, okay, that's fine, but, like, I need, like, when they're talking about, like, bath stuff and hair stuff, it's like, I need something specific to me. Or sometimes I just want to see, like, you know, black women with their children – being uh, happy and healthy because all the statistics you read are so horrible. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I I see that that, I could see how this is maybe falling into a bigger trend um, of what YouTube promotes.
0: Right. And it's like, it's all based on that algorithm. But if the algorithm isn't giving you a chance, like, I don't know, like, and there's people behind the algorithm. So right, right. So, and I think for some reason I kind of noticed like it feels like people get a little sensitive when you say that's what BookTube looks like. Because I remember someone said it in a much less controversial. They were just saying like if you complain about all the YA on BookTube, sometimes people get defensive, even though it's an honest to god fact that yeah. it is overwhelmingly YA. It can be really hard to find the other genres, especially because um, YA readers will use SEO. So basically, the search terms for other genres. So if I wanted to go and look up romance booktube, which I've done, I've tried to search in like romance books and things. You get YA readers talking about books they've read that have romance and that are still YA. So it's it's uh. kind of a, yeah, it's a frustrating experience. So, but I still I guess get on it. I like the vlogs. I like seeing people what they read and how, and like bookshelf tours, which sound incredibly boring. I love those. It's basically people just going through and saying what's on their bookshelf. I found, thanks to YouTube, I will watch the most boring shit. Like, if you told me 20 years ago that instead of watching scripted television TV shows, I would be watching, like, my big thing now is car detailing.
1: Car detailing?
0: Yes. People go and they get, like, really dirty cars and they detail them. And you watch (laughs) them as they clean them up. It's so satisfying. I love it. Car detailing and toy restoration, vintage Ugh. toy restoration. And so, like, it's just really satisfying to watch these things. That, like, I guess, it, in my idea, I just like the idea of these really crappy things getting fixed up and yeah. made like new.
1: Yeah, like the methodical kind of. I guess we watched some, we watched one ball guy who cooks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like cooking videos, too. Oh, Binging with Babish? I love that Yeah. So it is kind of, like, boring stuff. It's, like, very, like, simple. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you know, let's do this. Let's, you know, go through a process. So that can be kind of, like, relaxing, I think. So I can see how the book uh, shelf tour can fit into that kind of, like, oh, I'm just going to take you through my bookshelf. and take a look. And how that can be kind of relaxing, if not stimulating. Yes. So it's it's all about the aesthetic.
0: Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so I was thinking and so there's been a push. This I think all kind of came to a head with this publication of the story and I think maybe one incident that may have also promoted the story was so Naya Reads and Smiles is a Black BookTuber and she's the biggest channel led by a Black BookTuber. And she sort of mm-hmm. talks about this incident where As part of Michelle Obama's book tour, uh, I think her publisher, they picked booktubers to interview Michelle Obama. Mm -hmm. And from what I heard, they did not pick a single black booktuber. Mm. And she makes this point, like, she's like, who else? Like, it would have just given such an amazing perspective to have another black woman reader, another black booktuber interview this amazing black woman. And she was like... And she sort of acknowledged the excuse that was probably was given was, and this happens a lot with these opportunities, is that there are a lot of booktube channels that don't have the numbers, so the subscribers Mm -hmm. are the engagement. But she made a very valid point that said, like, someone like Michelle Obama doesn't need someone with numbers. That's very fair. If you're a channel and you have an interview with Michelle Obama, you could have 500 subscribers. you see People are going to watch it.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of like, I remember when uh, Barack Obama was in office... And he, remember he went on a bunch of podcasts,
0: but oh, he yeah. <laughs> never went
1: on any podcasts like hosted by women. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear about this. And I was kind of like, oh, you're going on all these like do do podcasts. And I think it's kind of the same argument. Like people have this idea that podcasting is like white and male and straight. Mm-hmm. And um, exactly. It's like, no, there's like a thousand different types of things out there if you look for it. And I feel like it's kind of like the same thing. Like You know, we can say, um, uh, hey, the Obamas are being very progressive in choosing to engage with um, this newer media and going where younger people are. But at the same time, if they're just recreating um, uh, like these systems of exclusion or however you want to say it, if they're just recreating the same demographics that you Mm -hmm. would in traditional media – then it's not really that that meaningful or impactful to me. Like mm-hmm. with this booktube thing, it's like you might as well have gone to like the New York Times Review of Books and just talked to a panel of Right. You know, white people if you are gonna say, okay, we're gonna have this, but we're not gonna have any people uh that look like you participate. We're just yeah. we're just recreating the same the same uh uh Exclusions and traditional media, and it's kind of like, what's the point,
0: right? And like going off that, if they are that concerned with numbers, why not just have the New York Times right. just sit her down with someone from the New York Times or the Washington Post? You clearly are going after this smaller BookTube as BookTube as big as it can feel is one of the smaller like communities on YouTube. So you're already reaching out into the smaller pool. Why right. not give you know maybe a smaller BookTuber a chance, right? So we sort of talked around it. I guess we should talk about the issue Black Booktubers face. So I found this piece, which is on the same channel as the as the <laughs> Don't Read Anything But Classics hot take, um, Culture Affinity Magazine. And basically, they sort of talk about the disparity between Black Booktubers and White Booktubers. And so from the piece, they say White Booktubers, who garner at least 300 subscribers on their YouTube channels, and two... And two to three of the top book ones even have their own published novels. I read that sentence wrong. But basically, (laughs) the top white BookTubers have, like, hundreds of thousands of subscribers. I think the biggest one, Poland Poland Banana Reads or something, has, like, a million. Christina Riccio. And then on the the other side, you have, like, Naya Reads and Smiles, who is the biggest black BookTuber. She has about... The article says 58,000 subscribers. When I went and looked up the recent numbers, it was 60. Mm. But that's still... Still um, a A much lower number. Mm -hmm. And so I've watched a lot of books about... I've watched a lot of books by Black Booktubers on some of the challenges they face. And it's just an overall... They don't get as many views. They don't get as many subscribers. They don't get as much engagement, which means they don't get subscribed to other people. Their channel doesn't grow and it can feel stagnant. And I know... It's like as someone who does, again, work in social media, it's not all about numbers. You shouldn't chase numbers. But... Numbers are a good source of feedback. You know if you're doing something right or you know if you're making content people are engaging in. If people, your numbers go up and people, you know, share and do all that other stuff. So I imagine it can be really frustrating if you're putting the amount of work we were just talking about mm-hmm. into making this video. And then, like, it gets 60 views. And, mm-hmm. and a year later, you're still doing the same work and you're making maybe 80 views. So I imagine that's a, an exaggeration, obviously. I don't think anyone's numbers are that low after doing it for years. But, I mean, it's frustrating. Yeah. And then you see white peers who maybe started out at the same time as you, and their channels blow up. Yeah. If you're, it's really weird because I feel like it's not all the algorithm. it's also people. I wonder how many people are willing to look at... Like, if you're not black, if you're not a black reader, are you going and searching for videos by black booktubers? And I can't answer that. I don't think you can answer it either. No. But just like I mean, racism on see, any other platform.
1: Yeah, we see the reaction to um, you know, books with uh black protagonist and people are saying like, I can't relate, I can't relate. <sighs> or even yesterday, like my husband was listening to a podcast. I won't say who it was, but uh the guy was saying like, uh, I don't really like um He's like, I don't really watch movies about women who are like discovering themselves because it doesn't speak to me. I can't relate to it. And it's kind of like, but we as women are asked over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. We as black people are asked over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to relate to people who don't have very many, have much in common with us at all. Like, we're asked to watch white booktubers. We're asked to watch stories about men going through, like, their struggles and their feelings all the time. And that's not, if we say something like, it doesn't really resonate with me, then all of a sudden you're a snowflake and all these other horrible things. Right. So it's kind of like, I, I wouldn't, I can't speak to whether or not people will go and um, look for YouTubers who are black if they're white. Um, But I can say that we've seen over and over and over again, white people tell us, and of course, not all of you, but (laughs) white people tell us that they can't relate or won't go out of their way to look for um, uh, books about black people, movies about black people, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's a very poor excuse, especially, Uh, I just can't. I feel like that's because he's really too old and we've shot it down so many times and people still keep using it as if it's valid. Yeah. And just say you don't want to. Like, Just don't say you don't want to. <laughs> lie to me. Yeah. Like, I mean, I would still say that's a shitty take, but at least it's an honest shitty take.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, have you, do you know, <laughs> talking about the algorithm, huh? Uh do you know the podcast stuff they don't want you to know? Yes. Have you heard their one on YouTube? No. Shit's fucked up. What are you talking about? The algorithm. What did you learn? And what it promotes. It's like, I, and I believe it was them, and I think it was like an interview with someone, or they were like talking about an interview with someone who had worked on the YouTube algorithm and how it um, basically they were saying that they found that people will engage longer and more often. news that they find upsetting. I can Um, see that. Yeah, so they made the conscious decision, like they had a decision should they try to move the algorithm away from that, or should they kind of chase the money and continue to promote things that were, you know, like these horrible conspiracy theories, or racist stuff, or like um, fringe things, and that's how a lot of the fringe stuff gets in, because Um, they showed that people are going to watch it and be horrified by it, but aren't going to turn it off. Right. So, I, you know, maybe extrapolating a little bit from that. And that's a conspiracy theorist podcast, if you don't know. So I don't know exactly how, um, you know, (laughs) usually they're based in fact, but then they kind Mm -hmm. of extrapolate. So I'm going to do the same thing. (laughs) Um, You know, you say it's the algorithm that's pushed. People want to watch white people. But how much of that is, you know, human intervention to saying like the biases of the people who are writing the algorithm and putting it together, like taking some of these ideas like, oh, people aren't really going to relate to black people. So it's fine if, you know, um, we don't promote them and how much of it is, you know, human and. Uh, intentional, and you can't just blame it on the numbers themselves.
0: This is probably a little bit of both, too, because if I actively go and try and search Black Booktubers, you mm-hmm. still can't even find them. Like, it's hard, ho- I guess, between you have to use exact words or or maybe because they don't have enough engagement, the algorithm doesn't think they're worthy of promoting.
1: Mm-hmm. If you do, like,
0: Black Booktubers, you'll get White Booktubers talking about books written by Black people, mm-hmm. which is good, yes, do that, but, like, if you want to see, it's hard to find Especially if you don't, are, like, there are a lot of big channels that I already follow. So there's Christina Marie, there's Naya Reads and Smiles, there's Oshi Reads, there's Big Books, there's Books and Big Hair. So, like, if you've already got the big ones and you're trying to find someone new, mm-hmm. it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. You're, like, fighting with the algorithm to get you past what it thinks are the relevant searches just because 15 other million people have clicked on them.
1: And maybe someone is guiding it, too. Right. And It's biased.
0: Yeah. I thought when you were talking about the conspiracy theory, have you heard Mm -hmm. about like baby YouTube and how that's been
1: like how they'll put like random things and then they'll put like something horrible.
0: Well like that. And also how just there are people making bank making very low cost, very not great kids videos Uh. and they just load them all up. They make tons of videos because they know if a kid watches one because the kid can't read or change or anything, it'll just autoplay to the next one. So they just load it all up, and so the kid watches everything. All the ads, they do everything. So if they have this two-year-old who's not going to interrupt it and just go, they can make lots of money because that kid is not turning it off and they're not switching out.
1: Yeah, we saw – we were looking at something yesterday, and it was like all these – it looked like knockoff – dreamworks movies Mm -hmm. like it was like shark and friends or something and then it was like all these knockoff dreamworks movies and they all said free with ads free with ads and i remember we were joking about it like what the fuck is this but yeah if you put your uh if you put your kid down in front of it and you're like um okay i gotta go you know take a shower or make dinner or something the kid's just gonna sit there they're not gonna you know well my brother could change the VCR and program at a two years old, but <laughs> they're probably just going to sit and watch all those ads that the movie is coming with. And then yeah. next is going to autoplay. So that, I don't know. It doesn't sound super far fetched to me. This is why no. I don't, this is why I don't trust YouTube.
0: Yeah. I told, <laughs> I told my sister all the time. Cause like she used to let my nieces just watch YouTube and I had to tell like, don't let them sit there and watch YouTube unsupervised one because of the thing you sort of touched on earlier where people put horrible things in it and they don't know the difference. Yeah. And two, because it's really not good for them. I think that's why the one needs, like, her attention span is just, because she has to watch, she's, like, everywhere. She's all over the place. We try to sit and watch a movie with her, and she, like, just, she doesn't have the interest Mm -hmm. or the attention span for it, so. And I read this article. They're like, you don't know, or, like, I guess I never realized the amount of, like, work, I guess, and science behind, like, children's television programming yeah like the way they shape it the way kids interact with it how long they hold for things how long they'll like wait before they switch to a new topic and there's a lot because they're trying to like help kids develop you know attention span keep them interested help them learn and it's a lot into it and like i don't know if i can just trust that to some like computer like generating these videos (laughs) just for the money
1: right whose attention is to sell you something or just
0: make you watch ads So, but, um, I guess, so the algorithm is a creepy thing and they're never going to tell us how it works. But, um, I think one thing that, and I don't know if YouTube is going to change it. So maybe there's really nothing YouTube can, YouTube will do to change it. But I think, and Naya sort of touched on this on her video. I watched her video while we were prepping for this. And she says the really, the thing that's keeping black book tubers from growing the way white tubers are, are opportunity, So back to like that Michelle Obama thing, like that could have been, if there had been a small black tuber who got a black book tuber, I just called them black tuber. If there had been a small black book tuber who got invited to participate in that, that would have been amazing for their channel. And it would help them get those numbers to grow. But because they were shut out of that, it's just another lost opportunity. So she talks about how when she was very small, she got invited to be like a book, book blogger friend for Book Outlet and how that was like, one of the first things that really helped her channel grow. Mm. And so maybe it's part, some of the some of it's probably the racism of viewers and some of it's the algorithm. And it's also the the book industry itself on not sending, you know, if you're not getting ARCs, if you're not getting opportunities to take part in these things, people aren't going to know who you are or right. they're not going to find your content relevant. Right. So, I don't know, racism, it's, it may be on a different if platform. It's some. the same racism. It's the same <laughs> story yeah. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm reading The Warmth of Other Suns, and they're also talking about how, because, you know, Black people came from the South and they came from the North because they were shut out of those professional jobs. It was a loss of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. So. Same story. I don't know. I just, I think it's interesting, considering that Black women are the biggest group of readers.
1: Yeah. But that's not reflected.
0: on On the platform. Right. So. Part of me wonders, like, maybe that's just not where black readers are. Maybe like, no, it can't be that. I know there are black readers on book two. Maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm not trying to blame, you know, readers, but I'm trying to say, like, why we have all these big readers here. Maybe they're going someplace else. And if they are, where is it? Yeah, I don't know. I may cut that part out because I don't think it makes any sense.
1: No, I I feel you because it's like I look at, you know, the social media that I use also Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, uh, we talked about Reddit before, Mm -hmm. and I remember, like, I found, like, a couple subreddits, like, specifically for black people and black women, and they're just, they're, like, either very inactive or they're talking about, um, uh, a lot of times they'll be talking about, like, uh, you know, dating and interracial dating and all these kinds of things, Mm -hmm. usually in relation to white people. And then you compare that to something like Black Twitter, which is, like, (laughs) you know, huge and vibrant, and every fucking day it's, like, an argument about who gets to eat macaroni and cheese first and, like, what song is best. And it's just, like, it's this its own thing with Black people talking to one another. So Mm -hmm. I'm wondering if it's, like, just because, you know, um, Black people have built more of more connections on Twitter. I definitely feel like I have more connections on Twitter than anywhere else. Or you feel shut out of other places because there's definitely places on Reddit where I'm like, no, I won't go there. Um, but just the the level of discourse and the things they're talking about and the level of activity seems so disparate. So maybe the readers, the black readers, are feeling shut out of YouTube. So that they're not going to YouTube.
0: That could be it. I think that might be it too. Like if you're not if you're going to look for books you're reading, as we mm-hmm. said it is very heavily white and YA and if you're not reading that and you go to try and find something and you don't find it, you're going to go somewhere where they are, like Twitter like or Instagram.
1: I was think I was absolutely thinking Instagram like it would be interesting to compare Black BookTube to Black Book Instagram because I feel like Instagram is more sim- similar to Twitter where like, I feel like there's more of a black presence on Instagram.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that would be interesting. I may go look and see, like, find... Because I, we follow some on our, our very <laughs> inactive Bookstagram <laughs> account. We follow some to see, like, their numbers and compare it to some of the bigger ones. And I feel like mm-hmm. it's there's probably... I'm not saying they're going to be, like, the top ones, but I bet you there are more people with bigger platforms on Instagram.
1: There could be. I don't know. It, it would be interesting be good, to... yeah compare i'm gonna compare check the different out. platforms yeah and i don't want to shit on
0: black people on booktube i say go for it because i say it's a to... hard
1: road yeah
0: go for it because <laughs> it gives me more to watch because i do like watching booktube even though i can't relate to nearly half the books they <laughs> talk about and i'm like i don't even like commenting because i'm like sometimes i'm like 15 years older than these people i'm like this is weird maybe I yeah should just shut up and not be a creepy <laughs> old lady it's like, hey, kids. Hey, kids. Hey, kids. you hey, kid. your auntie. Yeah. That's why I was going to start it too and just like embrace my my oldness. Like, yep, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm 32. I read a bunch of shit. Here I am. Yeah, I am. Um, Hello. <laughs> you know, I was like, you know what? Let me stick to the platform. I know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, no, I really like BookTube and I would like to see. Um, Mocha Girl Reads put together a whole Pinterest board. Of black booktubers that I'm gonna share Ooh. in the show notes.
1: Okay.
0: So, um, and like I think I've mentioned some of my favorite Oshi She Reads. Um, she has a podcast too that she does, but is it a podcast if it's only on YouTube? Like it's a dis- maybe she has an actual podcast channel too, but Yeah, I don't know. She posted on YouTube. Oh, she reads, Christina Marie, who's one of the first black booktubers I discovered. Um Francisca Simone, Naya Reads and Smiles. There's a lot of them out there, and I feel like if they got promoted at even half the rate, some of these big white tubers did, we'd hear more about them. Mm-hmm. So racism. Ugh. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't, I think that was a good discussion. I feel, I think, so. I think it was a good learning for if we do our next topic that I will make sure to have more numbers.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, was, it's, I think it's interesting too. Cause like I'm brand new to this. Like I don't, I don't, engaged with YouTube so much so mm-hmm. like hearing it is like I feel like I'm saying like because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. I just don't
0: know well then I feel bad I was like I'm doing all the talking like I no, should I,
1: I read the uh I read the articles that you sent, and I was I kept like saying I was gonna look at YouTube and I think that's the thing too like I just I don't sit and pay attention to the television so much anymore it's like I'm doing 18 different things instead of like putting all my attention on it you know see and that's interesting
0: because like you would probably be one of these people who would watch these channels but you just don't watch youtube
1: yeah I just don't watch it like I to me it's more like something I put on in the background yeah and if I'm gonna like watch tv then it's gonna be something different but I'll put on youtube if I'm like washing dishes or I'm gonna be on my phone or I'm gonna be on twitter like very (laughs) honestly
0: (laughs) So yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. I just think the fact that YouTube is probably like the biggest content provider now, like that's where, yeah, I'll, it's up there with Hulu for me. Hulu, YouTube, and Netflix. What you oh, we yeah. Gonna watch? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So oh, those car detailing videos, man. I went to sleep to those last night. How to Cake It. I fell asleep to How Had to cake, cake It the it? other night. It's what this, is that? It's this channel, it's this black lady in Canada, and she, it's just an entire channel where she makes things out of cake like she makes novelty cakes that are usually in the shape of other foods like she just did one where she made chicken wings (laughs) out of cake and it looks like chicken wings she's made turkey she's made uh she's made like lasagna she's made like she's made whole other foods out of cake and they look really they look life like she made wow. a banana sundae and it's all out of cake. And she usually has like double digit pounds of cake. Like she works with like 18 pounds of cake oh. and she has to carve it. I love it. It's like so
1: much <laughs> cake. I know.
0: <laughs> so it's amazing. She did a, what was the one she did that was like outstanding. She did a turkey. She did a whole turkey dinner and like folks. Like with green beans and like I don't know if sides there's green and beans. stuff. Were Were there? Were there? She did a turkey and she did at least stuffing. I'm trying to remember Ew. if there were sides. But she did a whole turkey with stuffing. The stuffing was just like cake. It was like a spice cake she had crumbled up to look like stuffing. Yeah. And that damn turkey looked like a real turkey. Huh. Like it's not spot on, but she's pretty good. So huh. yeah, how to cake it. I watch a lot of YouTube. <laughs> so yeah.
1: And you know what? You know what? Probably because I play a lot of video games. So that's, that's why true, I'm yeah. not... Because I'm thinking of like, what am I doing? It's not exercising <laughs> or <laughs> cleaning my house or detailing my car.
0: I don't detail my car either. I just like watching other people's cars get details. You, <laughs> are you still a big gamer? You're the one who introduced me to Portal. It's like, oh, that, was yeah. it. that was the last video game I played.
1: Yeah, I, I do enjoy <laughs> video games. So It's a whole different topic though. Are
0: you on Twitch no do you know what twitch is because i do not i I only know it's video game related
1: i think i might have once because i think my brother was telling my mom who told me or something and so i was like well let me see what this is all about and i opened it up and of course i looked for some black people oh there you go and then i like saw this guy he was like playing the game and so i got on there and it's like i could see him playing it on the screen And so I went on my phone and I said hi to him. And then he said, hi, are you new here? Like, he said it on the screen. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) And You quickly logged out of the chat. No, I think I said, I was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Like, I was like such an old woman. I was like, "I, I I don't know what's going on here. But I think that that's the only time I actually, I think that and I tried to watch, um, you know why I went on there because that N.K. Jimison was like streaming. I think one of my favorite games, uh, um, uh, uh, Elder Scrolls.
0: Um, N.K. Jimison has a cold Twitch. One.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think that was Twitch. There's another one too, and I don't quite know. But I couldn't. I couldn't quite wrap my head around it, and then I still wasn't paying as much attention as I probably should have. So I just never went back on it. So. I'm, I'm like, one of those people I don't really want to be talking to other people.
0: (laughs) From what I could tell, I thought it was just people who logged in to watch other people play video
1: games. I think that's it, but, like, you can talk to them and shit.
0: Yeah. Which I'm like, I guess if I... But, like, wouldn't I rather just play the video? I don't know. I'm not that interested in video games that I want to see someone else play a video game. I
1: think that's it. I'm barely
0: interested enough to play it myself.
1: Yeah, and I think, like and this is going to sound horrible, that's why I don't engage so much with booktube either. Yeah, I can see that. Because it's like, okay. And I don't, and that goes across the board. Like, I very very rarely, you've seen my Goodreads. Like, I don't. <laughs> she doesn't, she's not on there often. I don't go, I don't usually read reviews of books. Um, I don't usually look at reviews for games. It's, does that make sense? It's like, either I yeah. want to do it, and so I'm going to look at it, or I'm going to play it, or I'm going to yeah. read it. Or I don't. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Caveat, we are kind of like, we're not old, the oldest, but we are a generation that we're wasn't moved, so. Yeah. yeah, like Gen Z, like this is what they grew up with. And you do all this stuff and you vlog and you Snapchat.
1: Yeah, like they're, they're truly native to social media yeah. in a way that we aren't. Yeah. So I'm still kind of like, you know, I feel like you know like a not like that nodding robert redford (laughs) gif when people like when i see the kids out here like i don't think it's bad or anything i'm just like when i see like little nas x like posting on twitter like all these memes and stuff i'm like you look like you're having fun (laughs) i don't really understand what's happening but i'm happy i'm happy you guys are out here like enjoying each other's company And uh, nudes and memes and streams and everything, but I don't, to me, because I feel like, like you said, we didn't grow up, it wasn't a formative part of our, you know, upbringing. Mm -hmm. I still, I still feel a little bit removed from it.
0: Yeah. And I guess just because I work with it so closely for work and I'm like Uh, in it, I am like I am deep. little Nas X is such a gift to Twitter. He's such a troll. Like, I'm glad for him. You know, you do it, guy. You get it. This little gay hip hop boy, little black gay hip hop boy out here, making Billboard mad and breaking records. You I do it, it, son. You do yeah, it.
1: Yeah, I'm clapping. I don't understand half the memes, <laughs> but I like them.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I think this was a good chat. I think there's really, it's not that complex a topic, not like the way Rita's was, where there was a clear voting. Mm-hmm. There's, Or I mean, mm-hmm. it's the opposite. It is a more complex topic because there's so much playing into it between the YouTube algorithm and who's programming that, between the viewer themselves and what they elect to watch, between publishers and how they help promote, you know, smaller Booktube channels. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a tangled It's a, a tangled, tangled web. web, Yeah. yeah. But it's interesting. I just thought, I kind of like, I like booktube because I just like the aesthetic and I like, I usually like you, I do leave it on when I'm doing other things. Like if I'm going to clean my house, I usually like having booktube on or mm-hmm. if I'm going to cook. Mm-hmm. Although you know what I should be doing? I should be listening to the audible of the book I'm currently reading and I'm not. So. <laughs> it you know what? And most
1: often I'll be listening to uh, podcasts when I do that. <laughs> and
0: it's like, well, I have these moments where I'm like, I'm watching booktube when I should actually be reading a book. Oh, it's like. yeah. Let's get the, let's get how meta that is. Does it
1: ever, I wonder if part of it too is you feel more productive watching other people do things.
0: Maybe. Like, I certainly feel more productive when I watch somebody clean their house and then I still haven't cleaned my house. Right. (laughs) So, so yeah. Oh, and podcast. I'm behind on my podcast listening. Well, I do, I say podcast for work because I can't do audio books at work, I've discovered because I can't. Because I'm trying to pay attention to the book and do work. It doesn't work. So I'll do podcasts because they're short. So shatters.
1: I'll do music for work, podcasts for driving and cleaning, and then YouTube for when I'm on Twitter.
0: You have a much longer commute than I do, too. That's true. So my commute's it's about 15 long. minutes. Oof. So it's like, I don't feel like getting, you know, Oof. getting, by the time I get into it, I got to get up and get a
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can listen to the whole episode, maybe, too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh I got to get over that. No more book shame. Yeah, no more book shame.
0: <laughs> it's not a classic why am I reading it. I can't get over that.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to look that up cuz that's, that's a wild wild take. Because like it's like nothing. Like it's a it's waste like you of your time. It's a waste of your time to read any any contemporary or anything like, you know, you won't even read like which which you read Invisible Man. Is that uh, too contemporary for her? I don't know. Like, no she, point. Would she read uh, 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 *Jasmine Ward? Is that too pedestrian for her? <laughs> that's like, an,
0: like, we can have a whole That's another thing, because, like, at no point does she define what a classic is. She right. just says, like, she just assumes you know what the classics are. What the hell are. she means. And we have the same idea.
1: Because we, we might not, girlfriend.
0: I don't think we do. Oh. Uh, oh, my. It's just, just. Authors like Ray Bradbury and George Errol are my favorites. That's so pedestrian. Like, of course. Like, you didn't even have, you couldn't even pull out some, like, deep cut. It's like, right. yeah,
1: 1984. It's like, oh, I'm not reading, like, you know, the classic Russian novels. Right. She looks really young. I read 1984 like, college. It's like, okay. I think I read 1984 in middle school.
0: Like once you read it, what am I supposed to do? Just keep reading it,
1: <laughs> like, right? Like sometimes I feel like people get caught up as like the classics, and the classics mean things that like they read in high school, right? Um, it's kind of like you don't want to expand your mind a little bit more. But yeah, like the Sing Unburied Sing, yeah, Is that like so yeah, what literally, literally one of the best books. Best contemporary books I think I've ever read. And it's exactly. like you're really not gonna read this because There's no point, Molly. No point. There's no there was there was absolutely no point in me reading that book and her publishing it. It just there was no point, you know. Just Is that what <laughs> I just can... stopped reading.
0: <laughs> that's what i can't get over the no point which is a really bold statement not that it's like it doesn't do anything for you because sometimes they'll be like oh yeah you can read that genre
1: stuff it just doesn't do anything for you but to say there's no point to say there's absolutely no like there's no merit there's no point there's no usefulness in reading anything that's not a classic even just pure entertainment there's no there's no point sure okay sure Reading
0: in general is good for you, but wouldn't you rather create a world in which you put your mind to the test and create an opportunity for growth? It's just not a very well done article because again, she doesn't define what classic is. Like if she had said lit literary fiction as cliche and as wrongs, I would still look, find it. At least it would be. I don't know. It's just weird. What's a classic? Okay, we're gonna stop. We didn't. This episode is not about this article. I just assumed you were gonna cut all that out. Oh, I can. Uh, I can. I don't know, it go has, with but, it. Whatever. We'll see. We'll edit it. We'll see it because it just—it's just wild. Um, let's let's get back to our, our episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, go booktubers. I don't even remember where that edit's going to go, I like but that, um,
1: yeah, I like that segue. Um, so the kids are back at school, Molly. Yes, which means it's time for our birthday episode. Yeah, and we're gonna.
0: Oh, did we? Oh my god. <laughs> It's this month. It is this month. <laughs> and I like totally slip. Man, where were we used to do things? Now we're just old, I guess.
1: Is like you it, s- our third year? Yeah, it's our, our third year, year. Yeah.
0: So we're going to do, last year we did some kidlet and it was really fun. We did Addie and her struggles. <laughs> Addie girl, you really struggled. This year we're doing more struggle. We got to find, at some point we got to find a black book where these, where some girl is not struggling. We are right. reading
1: you want to tell us, Molly? We are reading "Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry" by Mildred D. Taylor. I can't wait.
0: I haven't read this since middle school.
1: I haven't. Re- yeah, I haven't read this in years and years and years.
0: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how my views change and if I even remember it.
1: <laughs> I remember so. the cover because she has on those overalls. But now that's like a new cover, right?
0: I think I, we had a different cover because we had an illustrated cover and it was like a black girl and it was very artsy and there was like farmland behind her.
1: Oh, we had like a cover and she had like overalls and she was with the two brothers and there's like a fire behind her and they're like running away from the fire.
0: Oh, yeah. I've like seen that one? cover. Yeah, that's I, the one we had. That's not the one we had. I wonder if I can find it. I remember the uncle owned. a I remember two things about the plot. The uncle owned a car and they tricked some white folks into letting them. You <laughs> have the ride away on the road, and I remember the brother had a coat that he got tricked
1: out of. That's it. I actually don't remember any of the plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found it. This is the cover.
0: I'm going to send it to you. This is the cover we had, and it was a hardback book. Oh, it's all the it's the Wikipedia. It's the cover you see on the Wikipedia page, so... And so I do see, when I Googled Roll of Thunder Hear My Cry cover, I do see the one you were talking about.
1: Yeah, that's the one we had. It looks perilous. Right? It's like, it's, there's so much happening and no one's wearing shoes. Uh, Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like her um, overalls are super 90s. Yeah, this looks like a very. Oh, they don't have shoes on in this one. I didn't realize it was a series. We're going to learn a lot in this episode. Yeah, it is a series. I think, yeah, I do remember reading two of them. Well, all right. So that's going to be our next (laughs) read. Um, What are you currently reading, Molly? I am currently reading What No One Tells You, A Guide to Your Emotions from Pregnancy to Motherhood.
0: Oh, that sounds helpful. That's good. We were, we were briefly talking about the lady who had triplets, who had surprise triplets. Yeah, the surprise. And Molly's just like, house way. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, I don't know. The idea of going to the hospital one day and just leaving with three children is a horror movie in itself.
1: Just, I hope, I hope she is getting some mental health, um... Wrap around services. Yeah. I hope the family is getting
0: the support they need because they sound overwhelmed. Yes. so well, That's good. Is <laughs> yes. it, are you learning a lot? Is it it's, illuminating?
1: It's, I wouldn't, so I've been focusing mostly on the pregnancy part so far. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of like the fourth trimester and like the first year. So it's been very, um, it's more reassuring than anything. And that's good. I, it's, it's interesting because I feel like I haven't had some of the same problems that other people have been having. Like I'm part of this like little group and it's like for people who are due my same month mm-hmm. and they'll say things like someone asked their due date and that really like deeply upset them or someone like touched their belly or asked if they were pregnant and I don't maybe it's like a personality thing um, but those things don't bother me as much. So I feel like in this book, it's like, well, what should you do if, um, uh, you know, someone touches your belly and on my brain, I'm like, smack their hand away. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you can ask them politely to stop or say, oh, look over there. There's a butterfly. And it, I just <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, do girl. you run away when they turn and look? Is I, that the. I think they're trying to be cute. Oh, okay. Um, it's like tips for telling your boss. And, like, I went up, I said, yo, I'm pregnant. (laughs)
0: Did you say yo? Please say.
1: (laughs) So I think, like, um, just, you know, like, they have, there's a whole section about, like, names and when you tell the baby's names and what if people don't like the name or this or that. And it, like, never even occurred to me not to tell people what I was going to name my baby because I just don't care about anyone else's (laughs) opinion. So I think, like, it'll be more helpful with the labor and delivery and, like, the motherhood stuff, which is, like, a total mystery to me. But, like, the the pregnancy stuff so far, I've been, like, oh, I didn't realize that other people were, you know, struggling with some of these things.
0: I have heard about the name thing. I think it's when people have, like, names that are not traditional.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: like, uh, like I don't want to make up a name and then mock someone. But, you know, like, some like of these Jody, creative names. Joe
1: Joe. What is it, Joey, Jojo, Babbitt, something like that. It's some, yeah, such joke.
0: these creative names that maybe aren't, and they're like, oh, that's strange. And so people get really, you can see it on name forums, because sometimes when I was writing, I would go to, like, baby name forums, uh, and you can see people like, we decided his first name would be blah, 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 and his middle name would be blah, and people were like, oh, that doesn't sound good, and people get really.
1: And it's kind of like, I, you know, even if somebody said that, I feel like, I'd just be like, oh, because. I'll give you an example. We um we're gonna do like llama, cactus, Southwest for the nursery. Oh yeah, that's um, cute. And so I remember, like I told somebody that at my job, it's just kind of like, oh, and I was like, well, you know, you're you're not paying for anything in the nurse. Exactly. So, and like maybe like several weeks later like she stopped me and she had like Pinterest or something she's like I, I just saw like it's all over it's a really popular theme right now because when you first told me I was really thinking what was she thinking and I was like, I'm gonna stop you right there because let's think about the things you're saying right now. Now exactly why would she come back? So it's just I I just I, I feel like I have this deep ocean inside me and you could go all the way to the bottom and you still couldn't find a fuck for me to give about other people's opinions most of the time, so... It's like, oh, the system searched. We couldn't find a single one. If if you, like, if you are like me and in the family way and you're kind of dealing with, like, it's, it's emotional and stuff, I think it's a good reminder and it's good, good, like, um kind of reassurance unless you really are kind of maybe more introverted or you're more um, sensitive to things like that sensitive to things like that um yeah. yeah so
0: has it been a problem for you people running up and just touching you like uh, i hear that seems to be a thing people are like just touch your stomach. i would never touch someone's stomach Like, pregnant or no, I just don't, like, I would never just run up and be like, oh, let me put my
1: hand on your belly. A couple people have. They've always asked beforehand. and I'm like, sure, whatever. (laughs) Um, If I was, like, out in the world and someone did it, then again, my instinct would be to slap them. Yeah. Because, like, so I'm not, like, I'm not someone who's, like, super uncomfortable exerting boundaries. (laughs) So so whatever. And maybe I had that look in my face, like. You better the fuck not. But I just, yeah, so don't. No, no, no one has <laughs> randomly come up and tried to. And then again, when I have a kid, you know, when the baby's out, maybe it'll be different because I hear a lot of people, like, I see all these stories of, like, old ladies coming up in the grocery store trying to, like, feed babies touch your baby. or touch babies. And then it would just be a fist fight <laughs> at the Albertsons, so... <laughs> Please I, come send Molly some bail money. She got send it. me some bail money. I, I, I guess what I'll say it is I'm coming with this from a perspective that I know is not quite the
0: norm. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I do also kind of see the other side. I was on my new favorite subreddit is am I the asshole?
1: Oh, my God. There's- I could talk about this for 18 years. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just going to let you talk.
0: Go ahead. I was just going to say, and I don't know if maybe you saw the same one. There are a lot of Am I the Assholes surrounding pregnant people where people make decisions on their behalf mm-hmm. against their own wishes. So like, I could just, like there was one, this person was a waiter mm-hmm. and they heard, they heard a guest say, I was... I'm 12 weeks pregnant. But Mm -hmm. they did not get any confirmation that that person was actually pregnant. Mm -hmm. They heard her say, I'm six weeks pregnant. And for all they know, they were telling a story about a past pregnancy or whatever. Right. Quoting someone.
1: It could have been a million things.
0: Exactly. And the woman ordered alcoholic drinks. And Mm -hmm. this waiter on their own decided to make all the drinks virgin. She may have given her for one, actually. I think she gave her one. And then after that, she made all the drinks virgin and she forgot to change it on the ticket. And the lady confronted her. She was like, yeah, I saw you were pregnant, so I made all your drinks virgin. And it was like, it caused such a ruckus in the comments. People were, because it's, just don't presume. Like, first of all, you don't even know that woman's pregnant. You just went off that she was, you heard some line and then you went and made a decision for her. You don't know what her situation was. She could have been terminating Mm -hmm. that pregnancy. It could have been, it could have been unhealthy. She could have been, she, been you know. a
1: television show. She could have it, been talking about 15 years ago when she was 12 weeks pregnant. Like, you don't know. yeah. Now like, I will say. Do you think say, her
0: – well, I was going to say, like, do you, you think if she was sitting down with a group of, like, five other female friends and they all knew she was pregnant and she was just throwing back cocktails, like, presumably she's – something's happening you're not aware of. Right. Yeah.
1: I will and say And then she was going to charge her uh, for the alcohol. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will say that there are a lot of women in the pregnancy boards on Reddit who are choosing to drink throughout their pregnancy. Oh, really? Based on um, the advice, well, the quote unquote advice in this book called Expecting Better, which is, if you want to look up some drama and some like nerd rage and some like statisticians like fighting amongst themselves, look up that book. (laughs) Look up the like fetal alcohol syndrome uh, association's response to it. and the look up just just look up some reviews on that book and how the discourse around that book is. But there are there are pregnant women out there who are at least saying that they are choosing to drink um, moderately throughout their pregnancy based on the information put forth in this book.
0: Which I, I just
1: find really fascinating. Listen, I know that mommy
0: issues are a whole nother world. I remember one of my coworkers got into a fight about like uh car seat thing. Like it was a whole thing. She had her son in the car seat with his coat on. And apparently that's a big no, no. Yeah. And like it was a whole thing. And like yeah. I don't I don't even want any part of it. That's where if I ever had a baby, I would just delete my entire online presence probably. That's what like, I, I think don't...
1: I'm probably gonna do after the pre- it's been very good for pregnancy to kind of like say, Hey, there's a line on my belly. Like yeah. <laughs> Does anybody else have this? But I think like once it comes to like the child rearing and stuff, it's kinda like, Okay, I'm going to um do what's best for me and you know, if that's not what's best for you then that's your issue and my issue is over here but we don't really have to we don't have to get on Facebook or Reddit or whatever and fight about about it it. yeah Yeah.
0: and like in what a way not to learn how to trust yourself than by being second-guessed every time you turn around by people on the internet like it would just stress me out right Right. So, anyway, yeah, no, am I the asshole has become. I stopped after a while because some they of them were are just boring. Me mad. Oh, yeah, my God, some are
1: boring. oh, really? Some were raising my blood pressure and I had to stop.
0: Oh, some, you can just tell, are people looking for pats on the back. Like, I stood up to my racist uncle and told him to get out of my house after he insulted my mixed baby. Am I the asshole? It's like, of it's course like, you're could not could you the be? asshole. How like, could do you just you be? want, huh?
1: Oh, I was saying, how could
0: you be? <laughs> exactly, it's like I'm not here
1: to read you. Like I don't. Know. I want one. Like I ate fifteen feet of a subway sandwich. I saw that one. <laughs> Me and my husband got into an honest to god fight about that. and had to stop, like, sending them to each other oh, because, like, we were fighting about this man eating this big sandwich. Listen, we don't
0: have to include this, and I <laughs> no, won't. I no, was like, I think
1: you can. I think you can. It's fine. He
0: was. I was going to say he was definitely the asshole. See, <laughs>
1: and I thought he wasn't. If they wanted more of that sandwich, they should have got up and ate more of that damn sandwich. No. <laughs> you can't have a sandwich a... sit there for two hours. If and you're... nobody's eating it. He was hungry. <laughs> if you're at a party, he's already eaten a foot of
0: it. He's already eaten a foot of it. Well, the way at a party is the food is there and you just assume you're going to eat it at all night. Not unless it's like a sit down meal where it's like, okay, we're going to eat, then we're going to go do a thing. Fine. But if it's at a party where you sit it out all night and like, I expect to come back and be able to nibble. He already had three feet of it. He waited 15
1: minutes. That's not enough time to give people a chance. I felt like he waited like several hours and nobody was eating it because a sandwich he, can only sit out for so long. No,
0: if I recall... They went to the party, he had a piece, and he was hungry. Like, no, they ate then,
1: ch- I swear, we're gonna have to look this one up because <laughs> I swear it set out for like a couple, at least an hour or two, and he was like, No one was eating it. And in my like- history, it was the first thing
0: that came up. Wait, because <laughs> he's like, uh, he had a, There was a six foot party sub. Let's see, I'm uh-huh. trying to figure out how. So he had a sandwich. They ate some, everybody had the initial round of food and they ate Uh and sat there for an hour, which in my time is not long enough for a party where you're (laughs) watching a show. And then he kept eyeing it. He said it was there for an hour Uh and then he eyed it. He waited, wait. Okay. So he, he watched it for an hour and then after another half hour, okay, hold on. Let me send you the link because clearly I cannot
1: read <laughs> that it. sandwich set there too damn long is what I'm saying. And if you know what, at a certain point, that sandwich is up for grabs. If you want it, you better go get some. If you see someone eating 15 feet of sandwich, you better say when you see him go up there for another foot. Hey, man, I want some of that
0: sandwich. I don't know. but like, No, here, I got it now. There was the first round of food and everybody went and he had a serving of the sandwich. Uh Uh And then an hour later, he was hungry. So, oh, you're right. I waited an hour then another half hour. No one had touched it. My thing is still this. So, yeah, he waited two hours (laughs) for the sandwich. My thing is this. It's one thing to wait two hours and maybe go back for another serving, even a really big serving. It's another thing to wait two hours and then eat half of the sandwich.
1: (laughs) i'm telling you this is this is the dress this is the new dress of the internet because i've heard so many people like talking about this damn sandwich
0: uh, he was definitely he knows he's done this before too i think that's why the one lady went off on
1: him like this must be a thing because like that's so much food molly i i and i understand that is too much food for any one person to eat I understand that eating a sandwich that's been out for two hours, that mayonnaise has turned. <laughs> I understand that, you know, somebody might want to, wanted some more of that sandwich, but you can't say that you sat there and you watched that man eat three feet of sandwich.
0: Well, I mean, we don't know if you it was in another room. Anything.
1: But he couldn't, he couldn't have, did he stand over the sink and eat it? Like he I had to taken it back to I watch mean, the he... show. If he finished
0: one and then 15 minutes later was still hungry and went back for another half, he sounds like he has a binge eating, he has an overeating problem. I would agree that that he has an overeating problem. It's possible he may have went somewhere where no one could see him eat it
1: because he didn't want people seeing him eating it. That's that's fair. And I think, you know what, he offered to order a pizza, he offered more food. It's like if you're still, if I am hosting a party and I'm putting food out, that's because I want you to eat it because I don't want to wrap this shit up after you leave. So eat my food, like you know. I, but if I were another guest, it'd be like, damn bitch, I only got a <laughs> sandwich.
0: I thought I would go be able to go back after the inter. I don't know how UFC fights work. Is there an intermission? I thought I'd be able to go back after go the other back
1: round. and get some more. Of the- no, no, no. After an hour and a half, that sandwich is up for grabs. <laughs>
0: So, oh gosh, yeah, no, that's the whole thing is a mess. Did you see the other pregnancy? one I was telling you about with the with the virgin cactus?
1: I did see that one, yeah. And okay. then there was a similar one with coffee.
0: Yes, that was big asshole because
1: I know that women are allowed to have like you can a have certain like amount—two hundred milligrams, which is like two small coffees or something like per day. Yeah. So it's kind of like, are you a doctor? If not, then like, relax yourself. Yeah. But. Am I the asshole for serving a pregnant woman
0: a non-alcoholic cocktail? So yeah, let's wrap this up. Um, let's wrap this up, yeah. What did I read? I'll be quick, because mine are quick, and they're not about <laughs> such touchy jobs. I read Hope Never Dies, okay. which is the first book in the Obama-Biden mystery series.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Um, It was good. The mystery was kind of eh, but it was fun. They It was very campy and ridiculous and over-the-top Barack Biden bros. Um, it would probably be more enjoyable if not for, like, one, the fact that Joe Biden is currently running for president uh, <laughs> yeah. and had, and had his, his following gas, and, you know, he-know-who was not squatting in the White House, but, you know. I'm currently reading The Warmth of Other Suns, which tells mm-hmm. the story of the Great Migration, where six million African Americans left the South for cities in the North and the West. Great book. Yes, it is really good. I highly recommend it. I'm doing audio and reading along with it. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get through it. Um, And I am reading Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies, in a Silicon Valley Startup, which tells the story of Theranos and Elizabeth Holmes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just... I guess I am not straight man enough to see the appeal of Elizabeth Holmes because everybody in this book is talking about how how charming and engaging she was. And I'm like, she's creepy. She has these bug eyes. She doesn't blink. And you can tell she's audibly lowering her voice. Right. Everything about her is like a giant warning sign. Right. So, but they're just all like, oh, she was so captivating. And I'm like, I guess I'm not a straight old white dude. I, I don't see it. So.
1: Yeah, I saw that documentary. I was like, oh, she don't like.
0: Well, many of them talk about how she doesn't, many of them talk about how she doesn't blink. Like, that Mm. would be, I'd be like, bitch, what? I felt like like, I was blinking more watching that. I exactly. I'm like, what's the,
1: how is that charm? It's like, I'd be like, I'm prey. Like, I don't like it. Like when my cat gets real angry at me. Exactly. (laughs) She won't blink.
0: I did that once. I'm like, do cats even blink? Like, like the way humans blink, they blink for reasons, but not, you know. I don't know. This is yeah, know we've been, been way blink. off topic on this, one. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think cats blink. I think if they do blink, it's for a purpose. Yeah, so, because that's how they show that they're contented. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's what I'm reading. Okay. Uh, no pregnant women, as far as I know, so far.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you could be and not know. <laughs> you could be pregnant with triplets.
0: Anyway. Oh god, <laughs> that was I can't get over kidney stones. Kidney stone. I mean, kidney stones must. I don't. Really you know F what? You up. I don't ever want some
1: kidney stones. <laughs> exactly.
0: They must really mess you up. Okay. Mm. Um, I did. I think I told you. I liked how she said to put one back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweetheart.
0: It's a little late, sweetie. Um, he needs a name. Apparently, they're on their phones. Like.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I saw that. <laughs> trying to find a name.
0: Oh. Uh, okay. Anyway, this was black chocolate. What are we? We're reading.
1: Roll Roll of thunder, hear my cry cry. next time. Mm -hmm. Where can they find us, Molly? So you can follow us on Twitter at Black Chick Lit, on Instagram at BCL Podcast, and visit us at blackchicklit.com. If you have any
0: questions or comments, you can email us at contact at blackchicklit.com.
1: And of course, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever else you find us, because that helps other people find us, because you know they ain't out here promoting your girls.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the algorithm.
1: The algorithm, uh, as much shit as we talk about it. Um, but yeah, that actually does help other people um, find us and find out about us, and shout out to... All the people who have been recommending us, shout out to the uh, white co-worker who was listening over <laughs> somebody's shoulder. Did you see that? Um, yes. You know, yes. But was that Arlene or was that? um? I think that was uh, that Mona Scott. She has a pun name. Oh, you know what? Let's just go. Let's give her credit.
0: It was Unicorn Unicorn Inc. Mon- yeah, you're right. It was Mona Scott Old at Unicorn Inc. for shouting us out. Her middle-aged white co-worker was laughing out loud with her. And so... So shout out to your white coworker. Yeah. So we got a literal LOL. That's the dream. That is a dream. A lot of people have been wrecking us as a romance podcast, and I don't want to get people yeah. hooked up.
1: Yeah. We're not... Mm-hmm. We don't... We did... So, we did... Uh, I think we said three or four romance-focused episodes this year. Yeah. But mm-hmm. as... As I've been telling Danielle, as the temperature cools off, we're going to move more into the uh, sci-fi horror fantasy that I tend to gravitate more toward. So, you know, stick with us. We'll be back to uh, um, shenanigans and um, uh, hot takes in January when we read Urban Lit, which I've I've got a little list going. I've been looking at. Some yeah, because that's your
0: that's your responsibility,
1: <laughs> and I I enjoy it. I don't see it as a responsibility. Yes. I see it as as a privilege. A privilege to pick our um, uh, urban lit book. I'm always just surprised. I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait to see. All right. So. Well, thanks for listening to our nonsense, guys. I don't know how much of this episode is going to make it here. Yeah, I, we'll if, see. <laughs> if you have any thoughts about BookTube or Surprise Triplets or San <laughs> Gay or eating six feet of sandwich in two hours, then hit us up on all those places. We love talking to people. Awesome. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.